welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello everybody at home and welcome to Second Contact, a Lower Decks commentary podcast. I am your co-host Tristan Riddell and with me as she always is... Charlene Schmidt! Charlene Schmidt, we have another banger of an episode and this one is just simply called caves caves we're going to be dealing with a lot of caves in this episode that's why it's caves plural not cave singular it's very uh the the naming convention is very reminiscent of voyager's naming convention because it's just single word caves single word and this is how yeah this is how memory alpha describes it the lower deckers go on a classic cave mission that's it that's all we get wow Wow, they're not even trying with these descriptions anymore, are they? Like, nobody is. Nobody. But honestly, it's, uh, you know, once we get going and, uh, you know, if you're listening to this show, then you, you've you seen it already. So you know that this classic cave adventure is, um, what do you call it earlier? A round, what? Round you, Robin. You a round Robin. Yeah, like a different stories of different caves. And they make so many jokes about previous yes. cave adventures in Star Trek. So this is going to be a delight. Yes, I am so here for it. Shall we get going? Let's get going. So if this is your first time listening, what we do is we follow along with the episode and we queue it up and we're at about the 23, 24 second mark. So it's after the generic Star Trek intro. And then right after we see CBS Productions, we pause it and then we'll give you guys a countdown. So it'll be three, two, one play and we'll play it together. Now, you can either follow along with the episode or just listen on your commute. It doesn't matter because we will be entertaining either way. So let's get going. Let's do this. All right. Three, two, one, play. All right. So we're going to just thing I jump with right this episode into it. Is that, yeah, is uh, uh, all the planets are positioned in the exact same framing. Every single time we see a new <laughs> yeah! planet, it's framed the exact same way. Yes, I noticed this too. We're going to go for several tropes in this episode, but it actually, instead of takes the story down, lifts it up, which Lower Decks can do. And and it's part of the Lower Decks charm. This episode is such a prime example of how they can do that. And this is kind of a a nod to the audience because you and I were talking about how this season we don't really get to see Boims and and uh, and Mariner paired up together, and they that's the first thing out of their mouths, and then all four (laughs) of them are together, and they're like, "Oh my god, Beta Shift back together!" You know? Yeah, it's it's nice that they're like the show is aware enough to acknowledge that getting their promotions has taken them away a little bit from one another. They've had to go branch Mm -hmm. off and do other things, but at their core. You know, the band's back together. They're happy to be doing this, working together once again. I love when they're talking about caves. They're just like, oh, you know, like the the smell, how the floors are all flat. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Just every planet hell joke that we've been hearing for at least the last 30 something years, because it was, you know, every cave is that set on stage 16. They do look a little too much like the same. You know, Mariner is absolutely right. Oh, God, another cave? Why do they all look the same? We've done this before. It's because you have. And I love the animation trope of when everything goes black, you can still see the whites of their eyes. (laughs) Right, and you can just feel the life fades out of Mariner in her eyes and her face. She's just, "Mm mm-hmm, I knew this was going to happen. 
So this one, um, I was very happy with this episode. There was a few things when I was just like, oh, come on, you know, let's get back to the, like with, with you're talking about the the round robin style. It was it was nice to get a, a story from each person's perspective. But at the same time, I was like, no, go back to all four of them. I want to see more of all four of them together. <laughs> right. Yeah. These are all stories that we do not know. So it has kind of that style of a flashback kind of clip show type thing. However, yes. it's all new to us. It's happened to them, but we don't know about it until now. And yeah, I love this format. Floridex has done it before. And they do it really well. And given that we have two episodes left, this is that feel-good calm before the storm. Mike McMahon has hinted that the last two episodes are going to be really intense, really big. So I'm going to take him at his word and just enjoy this, this peaceful cave mission for the time being. Well, this one is, uh, this is a great if the last two episodes are really big and you know have a lot of things going on, this is a great episode to prime that up because we're getting the band back together. You know, it's conversational. They're all kind of catching up. They're realizing that you know with their rank comes responsibility, and so they don't always get to spend as much time with each other as they used to. And so this is kind of that rekindling of the lower decks, lower decks. You know, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. We even go back to day one, the, the very moment where they started bonding together, which was right. so great to hold till the end because, damn it, I wanted to know Tendy's story too. <laughs> I mean, and you knew that the moment Tendy was opening her mouth and like telling the, uh, trying to tell the story, we're like, okay, well, that's going to be the last one. Like we're, we're, we're obviously right. going to see that story. Because they keep shooting her down. So of course it is. Right. But that doesn't mean it's any less great of a moment than the rest of them. What I love, though, is everybody's story. It's like they're having to go through the motions of every Trek trope they have. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, we have the unexpected pregnancy trope. We've got trapped in a turbo lift trope. <laughs> you know, we're just going to go through them all. And yet, that again, this is not a drawback. This is not a bug. It is a feature because we know this story. We kind of know how that situation plays out. That's okay. It gets out of the way so that the characters can really have their moments to shine. It works so well. Now we see uh, Lieutenant Levy and you, the first time we saw Levy, you hated him. Oh yeah. Because you hated the idea of a conspiracy theorist existing <laughs> in this universe. <laughs> yeah. And for the record, I still can't stand this guy. Okay. And Boyms goes after him pretty hard to the point where he like he does to cry. He's not putting up with this crap either, and good for him. Now, granted, so I I love he might be getting... trying to help, but you know what? Yeah, find other ways to help. This is not helpful. Only you know what? Okay, with this story, the fact that he was right <laughs> that this story actually turned out to be his conspiracy theory sort of tears down the notion that oh, he's just a crackpot. I mean, he is, yeah. but he was right this one time. Damn it, what else is he right about? So with this scene right here, when we see the um, the all-terrain vehicle, when Boimler puts his flashlight on it and we just see the nose of it, I mm -hmm. thought it was that mysterious ship for a second, just for like a half second. Yeah, same. They look very similar. Yeah, that, that nose looked 
so similar. I was like, whoa, whoa, what? We're doing this now? <laughs> right? And then, strangely enough, we're not getting any updates on whatever the heck that thing is going on, presumably because mm-hmm. we're dealing with that next episode and the last. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, Levy is, of course, talking about the Vindorians, which is a TAS reference because those yeah. were revealed as shapeshifters in the original animated series. And I think we got a Vindorian reference before in a previous um, we did. Uh, Lower Decks episode. Yes. Oh, golly. I can't remember which one, think, but yes, that totally I think it was happened. The one with the King, it was one with the Klingon captain, that um, Mariner. I think it's called Envoys or something like that. Oh, okay. Okay. All I remember is I read Trek Corps, like little tidbits toward the end of their review because they point out some really good stuff. And that was one of those things. Ah, I yeah. love I, I love the dissection of every Trek episode the day after or a couple days after on Twitter. That's one of my favorite things is like when people say like, oh, this is Easter egg and this Easter egg or like you can see that this, you know, console uh, was is shaped like the one in the 22nd century. You know, like it, it's that kind of stuff. I, I, <laughs> oh, I yeah. There are people who go deep. Like one of my very favorite accounts on any social media platform is Yorgs. He's actually been a consultant on yes. Star Trek shows. He points out just the like the deepest, darkest details uh, of every episode, any Trek. And if you're not following him, man, you're missing out on some really good stuff because he comes through every time. Like he's the source. The, the source. source. To follow. Yeah. 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 So one one thing about the Vendorian's voice acting, um, it was done by Don Lewis. And, well, I mean, like, um, and I can never pronounce his last name, but uh, the guy who voices Shax. Fred, oh, Fred uh, Tastasticor. Something like that? Uh, I think some something like that, yeah. Yeah, sorry, Freddy Fred. Freddie T. That's what I'm going to call him, Freddie T. <laughs> Freddie T. We'll look it up for next week. Yeah. Yeah. That makes uh, him sound really like, cool. Don Lewis I mean, and Freddie cool. T, like, they're not even disguising their voices. It's just their voice. <laughs> it's just their voices. <laughs> yeah. Like, like when I first characters. heard it, I was like, yeah, I was I was like, oh, is it, like, secretly um, the captain? You know, is this Fendorian? Right? Like, you know, like, you know, like, is this some sort of... I don't know. Like, like I, is I it a know. test like, that they're doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this Freeman and Shax doing this, performing under the guise of these aliens? No, it's just their voices because Freeman is absent in this episode and Shax gets, mm-hmm. I think, like one or two lines tops. Well, apparently, uh, Freddie T is also the voice of Steve uh, uh, Levy. Levy. Oh, so is I, he? I was, I was surprised oh. by that. Yeah, I didn't even recognize well, shoot. him. Shoot. I didn't catch that. Good for him. He's a fantastic voice actor. I'm not surprised. Oh my gosh, right. And yeah. I think that's what that's what confused me is because Don Lewis and Freddie T are fantastic voice actors. So I'm just like, why didn't the director tell them to do something different? They were just like, <laughs> no, just use your voice. Look, they needed somebody to fill in real quick. Just get this done, please. We're going to add an echo. That'll be enough. I or, love, I love or, Mariner's response there. Like, way to waste bones. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where's Moopsie? Moopsie will take care of it. That's true. Moopsie does, wastes not. Mm-mm. Moopsie. This was when 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 Boimler took off his pants. I was like, of course he would. He's just like, boom, yeah. Like, Boimler <laughs> asked me to, so I'm gonna take off my pants. You know, I've never had a roommate, but I do have to imagine that this is what it's like. Like, you just lose all pretense of modesty when you live with somebody else in close quarters like that. It doesn't matter. 
you know, like your status, your friendship status, relationship status, what have you. Uh, this just this is sort of a thing that just happens, I think. Right. Let us know. Tell me if you've had a roommate. <laughs> is this the way it really is? So, you know, Rutherford just dropped the knowledge that he had a kid with, yes. with uh, Dr. Tiana. I um, I immediately got vibes of like I thought they were going to go the threshold route where ah. it was a, a literal child of Dr. Tiana and Rutherford uh, yeah. together. I did too. So but this was a nice twist on. Of the, yes. Yeah. This was kind of like a mixture of that Enterprise episode where Trip gets pregnant and the Voyager yes. episode where Tom and Neelix take care of a cave baby. Oh, yeah. The little baby dinosaur. He was really cute. Also, uh, the child where Troy becomes pregnant because alien life form. But way less traumatic. Way less. Yeah, although, I don't know, maybe ask Rutherford. He might have a different opinion. <laughs> he, seem, he seems pretty okay. Yeah, um, true. But, okay, so this this uh, this blue alien right here who was their guide, this is also mm. Don Lewis. And this is her oh, no putting kidding. on like a crazy cool voice. I didn't even recognize her. she's a fantastic her. voice. Exactly. Wow. exactly. See, I'm telling you, she can do it. Uh, yeah. Wow. She She's really coming through in this one. I had no idea it was her. <laughs> I love how quick this pregnancy is. Like, if only. Yeah. If only if it was only. like this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. My wife definitely would prefer this over the two times, or the, the combined 18 months that it took for our kids. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. Yeah, I mean, she, no. It doesn't even look like she gives him anesthetic. He's just like, bite the boot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no time for that. Maybe they don't have any on hand, like no hyposprays. And yet she has the tool to cut open. That checks mm -hmm. for Dr. Ta'ana, though. That's true. <laughs> I do love how cool and calm she is during it. She just doesn't care. Like, she just doesn't care. She's like, whatever, shut up, don't be a baby. Very procedural. And you know what? We have not seen much of Dr. Ta'ana this season at all. So it's about time we get a really good story with her and it's here i love the fact that babies do not like her she does not like them that checks now this may be a stupid question but has her tail always been that short you know what that's a good question i don't know or is I this like during maybe... a time when yeah i don't know Seems like maybe it was a little longer, but then, you know what? I'm not always looking for her tail, so I could be very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Usually her yeah, gown gonna... covers it, so you can't even really oh, see. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. Like, I always just thought it was longer because of her because of her lab coat or whatever you want to call it. Right. Maybe that's it. Maybe. I think Rutherford would be a good I love that Rutherford's dad. such a good, he's so good with babies. I love that. Because Rutherford <laughs> would be good with babies. He would. Well, Eugene Cordero has kids as well, just in real life. So that checks. <laughs> There's so many times, like as parents, when uh, Dr. Tana phasers, she vaporizes the the dirty diaper. There is so many times as a parent, you <laughs> wish you could do <laughs> Right. Another if only you could kind of a moment. If only. <laughs> I think this one is my favorite story out of all of them. Yeah, um, I have to out, agree. Out of all of the, it, yeah. I like the absurdity of it. I love the way it resolves, though. And I like this pairing of mm -hmm. Rutherford with Ta'ana. 
Me too. He's, yeah, we don't we don't see that very often. No, not at all. And she doesn't even really like engineers, generally speaking. And yet they're forced to work together, which is great. And they go on this little adventure. It is very much like Neelix and Paris taking care of the dinosaur mm-hmm. baby in that sense. Well, they talk about how caves bring enemies together. And that's exactly what happens. This is exactly what's happening. So I do like this is classic Starfleet, classic Star Trek, where they don't kill the monster. They don't avoid the monster. They find out that the monster is intelligent. And they're just doing what they naturally do. And so Rutherford found a way to communicate. And yeah, beautiful thing. And this is just a mama being mama bear, protecting her baby. No kill. I I got those kind of hoarder (laughs) vibes from that. Now, in the future, I hope at some point we'll get an update on this kid. What happened to it? Where'd it go? Who has the baby? I mean, is it going to sure grow up really fast? Because that's kind of a Trek trope, too, where it's going to go from baby oh, to five-year-old in a matter of months. I expected that to actually happen during the cave adventure. That, like, because it took so long for them to find a way that it was actually going to grow up super fast. And then we just get <laughs> a replacement Thusa. Right? It could have happened. But I also like that Rutherford is so nonchalant with so much in his life that he didn't even think to bring it up to his friends and his roommate. Right. Yeah, I guess just so much happened in this time that it might have been important that day and he just didn't tell them because they weren't around each other that day and then something else happened and it just fades into the background because life is busy. So this is my favorite planet name in all of Star Trek, Glish. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> planet glish and i do love that mariner like uh talks about how like they say nice landing and she's like well you know like the uh the shuttles are shaped like bricks what am i supposed to do <laughs> <laughs> she makes a good point like these are the least aerodynamic thing i mean we don't start getting aerodynamic shuttles until i think like voyager with the type 2 shuttles yeah i agree otherwise Yeah, they kind of are bricks. (laughs) Yeah. So here's a question, though. Why is she leading a mission with Delta Shift? Because they work at different times of day. How's this working out? I mean, we don't... Well, with Mariner, I I feel like they're not really on a... um, With Mariner being a lieutenant junior grade now, and maybe that kind of shift is just for... Like, maybe she's leading this on a Delta, like, because they needed a a leader for the mission. Like, this is a Delta Shift Mm. mission, but they needed a leader, and so they assigned Mariner. I I feel like, you know, I'm completely pulling this out of thin air, but it could (laughs) be where... I'll buy it. You know, like, maybe the lower deckers are more segmented like that. And once you get a little bit higher up, you kind of move around a little bit more. Okay. Now, one thing I I love about this transformation, and again, this is the old like the fast rapid aging trope is yeah the rapid aging stuff like when mariner starts going through her initial transformation she looks a lot like her mom with the streak in her hair yes with the streak in the hair yes yeah it's very well done very well done very good also i can't help but appreciate the fact that when they go for really advanced old age these women have saggy boobs (laughs) Yes. Yes, they did not shy away. Like they have bigger bellies, they have saggier mm-hmm. boobs, their cheeks are drooping, and yes. their voices change. Yes. Yes. And again, the voice acting is really good here. There's mm-hmm. a noticeable 
difference. And the the one on Delta Shift, I can't remember her name. Like she, I think, does an even better old lady voice than um, Tawny Newsom does. I have to agree. Yeah, she does. That said, though, I love Tawny Newsom. No disrespect. No, no, I, I no, exactly. No, I'm disrespecting Tawny Newsom because I said someone else was better at something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Just saying, Tawny, you did good too. This um. This part coming up, I cannot stand compound fractures in media. Oh, it really? It kills me every single time. It's like, no, it's it hurts whenever I see a compound fracture. Like, even though it's animated, but the fact that it's like, it's it's healing wrong and like he's limping on it. It's like, he's like, dude, no, don't like put a, weight on antelope. that. Bruh. Oh, man. <laughs> just, just no dude no he would have probably been okay if he kept crawling but he chose not probably. to now is your aversion to compound fractures from experience has this happened to you oh no or thank, do you just... thank god no okay no it just it just looks incredibly painful it sure does it's not something you but want I do, to happen i do love the reversal on this like instead of um instead of like powering through and 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 and, you know breaking through the the aging barrier they just someone just off screen found a reversal you know it's just like oh no you get super young you know (laughs) right honestly what i was waiting for is someone was going to have to sacrifice themselves because they the further you'd go you'd eventually hit a point of no return but that would be the clincher moment to get it but then that isn't necessarily feel good doesn't fit the vibe of this overall story so i'm glad it didn't go that way no i completely forgot how this guy lost his eye did we see how he lost his eye my memory's horrible i don't with that. think so and also if you're a, in starfleet you like i understand why martok didn't want to have his eye replaced he was that was like a matter of honor thing mm-hmm. um but in starfleet you feel like if you had the ability to get a replacement eye that you you would Right. I mean, if Dr. Ta'ana can grow somebody another leg, why not another eye? Yeah. Seems possible. I mean, especially if you're not, you know, you have some sort of uh, condition like Jordy when you were born that way. Sure. If you just lost it because he has the scar on it. Man, I'm really ashamed of us if we can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting on on memory alpha as soon as we're done here. Yeah. It's not like we host a show all about Lower Decks or anything. I mean... So we finally get to Tendi's story, and I get super excited. Yes. Yeah, it really is cool circling back to where it all began, just to point out how far these characters really have come. Like, we've, I don't know, we've kind of been on Mariner's case because, dang it, she really needs to resolve this angry warrior inside her, if you'll pardon a Voyager phrase. But at the same time, look at how far they have come. Mm-hmm. Sort of brings us all full circle. And I do love how it's we're t- like we pick up literally moments before the credits roll of the first episode. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Who knew that there was a, like a continuation of this story here way back when in 2020 when we first saw this. And I love Boehm's um, response. He's like, nothing crazy is going to happen until 1530 because you know, that's how it is on Starships. We're just like, oh, well, we dealt with that crisis, so we'll be fine for a little <laughs> while until the next episode. Lulz. Now, what is it with Boimler taking his clothes off? Because 
<laughs> this is just seems to you, be a thing for him. You know, M- McMahon gives the fans what they want. <laughs> That's not what you said when Tendy, the grappler, took her her coat off and well, she was wearing the that tank was the top. Type of. It's true that that's McMahon was not listening to me on that one. So I love this over the head shot of them like doing some sort of crisscross um, sleeping arrangement where they each sleep on each other's bellies. Yeah, I love that. It looks like they were midway in a game of Twister and then just stopped and just gave up. Yeah, because we're tired. I, there, there's something I always enjoy this in TV shows and movies where non romantic partners have. A physical intimacy and i'm not talking about sex yeah. i'm talking about a physical intimacy yeah. where you're so close with someone that you can put their he- your head on their lap their shoulder their whatever put their mm-hmm. legs up on on each other it doesn't matter and it's non-sexual it's okay I just love that. yeah i absolutely yeah. love that yeah it can happen i'm gonna i think i might make that my my phone wallpaper Oh yeah, everybody covered up in the slime or the moss, I should say, not slime. It looks the, like no, slime. No, oh no, the uh the the crisscross sleeping on each other's stomach. Oh, thing. gotcha, gotcha. Although the covered up in slime would be good too. <laughs> the moss, yeah. <laughs> right. How about both? You can do both now. And I think uh Jerry O'Connell is the sentient moss. I yeah, That's I believe his voice, you're right. Like the very robotic, like right. No way. <laughs> can we be friends? I mean, it's very cute. The moss is sentient, wants to be friends. Now, this episode is so on point with its satire of Star Trek's caves that every single time I watch a cave Star Trek episode, I'm going to be thinking about the Vendorians and sentient moss and totally blue (laughs) babies. And I'm just, yeah. Yeah. It's going to give us a whole different angle to examine those old episodes. (laughs) <laughs> they ruined it in a good way. <laughs> I wouldn't say they ruined it. I think they've enhanced it. No, that should be the tagline for Star Trek Lower Decks. We ruin things in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a feature, not a bug. There you go. So, yeah. man, I, I loved that episode. That that has to be one of the best, in my opinion, of the season. Yeah, in, And last week, I said the same thing. Yeah, but you know what? This is even better. And maybe it's a recency bias, but I don't know. This is a very solid episode. This is just like Lower Decks doing what it does at its best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's there's Thoroughly so many it. great things about this episode and seeing everybody together. It just, it really, it really works. I mean, th- that's the thing is that like there's, I mean, there is, there's so many shows that will continue on and branch out and the gang isn't together anymore. And sure. some for some some sometimes I should say, it's that's where the magic is, and this is no different. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's great that we got this moment where we could just kind of check check in a little bit with check our in. four main yeah. characters and kind of just where things are at in general before it all goes down next week <laughs> with what sounds like. I don't know if it's actually a two-parter season ender, but it sounds like the last two episodes of the season are going to be so closely related that, like, yeah, we're going to buckle up for a ride, probably hate everything yeah. by the end of next week's episode because we're going to have to wait a full week for the last one <laughs> and see where that You're lays. You're probably right, yeah. 
All right, yeah. folks. Well, that was our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to give us a review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to us on and go to the nerdpotty.com for all of our backlogged episodes as well as all of our other shows because we got some great stuff on there. So until then, live long and prosper. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.